This series of Thanks a Million is brought to you by Sweaty Betty. I have been testing out Sweaty Betty's all day leggings and I have to say I am a big, big fan and I'm with child in this moment so that is saying something. They're a little thicker than some of the other ones, the power for example, and pass the squat test to big 10 out of 10. You know the one, squatting down, still not seeing anything that should be kept for private time. Yeah, the sweat wicking and quick drying material means that if you're into weights or hardcore cardio, they are absolutely ideal, but they're also super soft. So you might just want to keep them on all day, which is what I'm doing. And there's not much weightlifting going on. I can tell you that. So if you're after a staple pair of leggings that you can wear with just about anything, look no further because Sweaty Betty has given me an exclusive 20% off code to share with you, my dear podcast listeners. Use the code thanks a million to get yours now. My book almost being out. In May, people. It's called Joyrider. Did I mention my book? There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? So often I would just think, oh my God, thank God. I'm seeing the sunrise on the right side of it. I'm still so grateful that I get to wake up and like be me. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Gratitude is your soul's superfood, but cheaper than goji berries and twice as good for you. In this series, we talk thanks with the good, the great and the grateful. This week's guest is Roxy Nafusi. Roxy is a self-development coach, a manifesting expert, an ambassador for the Mental Health Foundation and an Instagram agony aunt. She also contributes to Kourtney Kardashian's wellness platform, Push, and hosts a popular podcast series called The Moments That Made Me. Her new book, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life, is a Sunday Times bestseller and is out now and it's bloody gorgeous. Roxy has completely turned around her life, having struggled with addiction to drugs and alcohol, as well as dealing with depression and low self-worth, all of which she discusses in this episode. So do be mindful if those topics will bring up anything for you. She has come a long, long way since those days and after writing for Marie Claire, including an open letter about her depression. She is now committed to transforming the lives of people who suffer with emotional and mental health issues. But before we hear from Roxy, what three things are you, the listeners, thankful for today? Evie Polkadot, my bariatric surgeon for making me feel happier. Nature for giving us foxes. Oh, don't get me started on the foxes. They're in my garden at the moment. And my creative imagination, which lets me produce some beautiful decor schemes in my studio. From Mary, a nice walk in the cold, crisp air, going to my local coffee shop and Prosecco with pizza. That is a lovely combo. And Sarah Ann Brookband, my new leggings with flamingos on them. Oh, well, hello. Running for the first time in over two years. Oh, go easy on the old IT band and family. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Love them. Always the little things. And so to Roxy. In our chat, we cover addiction and discipline to change your life habits, leaning in heavily to discomfort and accepting growing pains and manifestation, obviously. Welcome to Thanks a Million, Roxy Nafusi. Hello, Roxy. 
Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Can I say congratulations first off on your stonking success of a book? Thank you so much. It's beautiful and it's lovely and it is flying. (laughs) You're now a Sunday Times bestseller, babe. We are, and actually, the number one Sunday Times bestseller in Ireland Woo! and number two in the UK. No so, way, yeah, that's fantastic. Really <laughs> oh my God, well done. I'm so thrilled for you. I think, obviously, this podcast is around, around gratitude, which is one of the cornerstones of manifesting. Manifesting, though, there's a lot of connotations, aren't there? And, mm. and people can be a little, well, a lot put off by it, actually. Mm. In a nutshell, what does that mean to you, manifestation? Well, I think that, that just to say, I think the reason why people can get put off by it now is because this thing has happened where manifesting's become a trend. Yeah. And the problem with things becoming a trend is that on one hand, on one hand it's great because it raises awareness, but on the other hand it really devalues it. And so people start saying it really casually, like, oh yeah, I just manifested this, but they don't, really mean it in the way that it's intended Mm -hmm. and so I think it can make it seem like manifesting is just about visualizing what you want or that it's a really passive process but to me manifesting is like it's truly a self-development practice to live by and I would say for me that I imagine that manifesting is like an umbrella and all self-development sits under it Um, and so it really encompasses you know, everything from stepping outside your comfort zone, aligning your behavior, self-love, you know, there's a driving force behind manifesting gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just, there's so much to it. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm very passionate yeah. about manifesting. But I do think it is that self-love worthiness piece, isn't it? And mm. I think, you know, manifesting, everybody thinks, oh, it's a, you know, Pinterest board or a physical you know, vision board. I think everybody kind of understands that as being one of the cornerstones. But actually, if you're on a deep level, if you're not aligning your beliefs about yourself and what you're Mm. worthy of, whether that's in love or in work or in whatever, that none of that really sticks, does it? Yeah, 100%. You, uh, You literally manifest what you believe you're worthy of you manifest from your subconscious beliefs so yeah you can dream about the big house all you want but if you don't believe you're worthy of having it you'll never be able to attract Mm. it into your life well it's why narcissists are actually really good manifestors (laughs) because they have you know rightly or wrongly a pretty hardcore self-belief yeah it's true it's so true yeah um okay so what are you thankful for today roxy so I've had this real thing about friendships, I think, this year. And I think that someone asked me the other day, they were kind of saying, oh, have you found that, like, your friends have been really supportive? And I was thinking, you know how often we say um, that you really know who your friends are when you're down? I think you really know who your friends are when things are going really well. Literally in the last few weeks, I have realized how amazing my core group of friends are and how they're at the core of like a good friendship is this ability to be completely supportive and to not have an ounce of envy or jealousy there. And it's actually not that easy to come by 
And I think that I, I don't know, I'm just having a real moment at the moment where I could like cry talking about my friends because I'm going through a time which is, you know, I've worked really hard and I'm definitely in this period now where I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And it would be so pointless if I didn't have like friends to enjoy it with. But more than that, friends who seem to be genuinely invested in my happiness. On the other hand, there have also been, and like not to, like I don't even want to like dwell because it's, you know, everybody has their own reasons and it's no hard feeling from me at all. But of course there are people who I've been friends with for years and who I've gone over and above to support that mm. honestly haven't even sent me a single message. Oh no. And I'm like, but watch every story. And I think initially I was like, hmm. But then I was like, you know what? That is okay. Yeah. And you know, these people of this person may have a million reasons why mm. and I'm not taking it personally. But anyway, it's more about focusing gratitude actually on the friends I do have and not the ones that maybe I've now acknowledged to step away from. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really hard thing to do as well, you know, and I think um there's a, a term, Freuden Freuden Shada. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. But it's right. um, it's uh, it's a German wor- word. I mean, the direct translation is harm joy, and it basically means taking pleasure at somebody else's misfortune. Now, that's obviously, mm. and the, and there is an opposing word. Brene Brown wrote about it recently in Atlas of the Heart, and I cannot remember it. <laughs> I'm going to blame Baby Brain, but it's basically how you can thrive and have joy at somebody else's yeah. success. But I think that's difficult for a lot of people who are stuck in that kind of comparison mindset or lack mindset, which you obviously refer to and talk about in the book. Um, And and it it can be quite difficult to believe that there's enough for everybody. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, I mean, it is such a big part of manifesting as well, because... I do think that envy, and I said this in another interview recently, like envy really is driven from fear. And so that's why I don't think it's, I wouldn't judge the people or, you know, that maybe are being unkind or, you know, if you see someone being envious or even if you see yourself being envious of a friend, you know, I wouldn't judge yourself. It's just the sign that you're afraid of not being able to have something. Mm -hmm. And that is driven from insecurity you know and then we come back to self-love again and the importance of it to help us overcome that yeah um I don't know I think that's why it's so nice when you can like grow with friends and you're all growing together yeah. and in your own lanes and focused on your own thing and not competing with each other not competing I think that's the key with anybody but yourself maybe um envy is a is a funny one because again I think it depends on your relationship with that word obviously it's one of the seven deadly sins and I always used to really hate it in myself and be really quite ashamed of that like green-eyed monster when she'd pop out and then I started to reframe envy as a kind of like little beacon that would like guide me it would alert me to the fact that oh that person has something, is doing something, is embodying something that I know I can do or I wish I could do. Um, and so now I kind of go, okay. I mean, it, yes, it's it's ugly. In the grand yeah. spectrum of emotions, it's not the cutest one, but actually it can <laughs> be, you know, it can be a guide. 100%. 
these people that you feel envy towards are just a mirror of your own insecurities. It's an opportunity for us to go, okay, this needs healing. Yeah, yeah. Step up. Um, okay, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you have um, sifted through <laughs> through some rotten eggs and found some golden little nuggets in the process. It's good. Thank it's you. It's good. Thank Is there you. a thank fuck for this, Roxy? So my thank fuck for this is podcasts. Yay. Because... Um, you know, the pressure and okay, having, by the way, you've also got a book. Congratulations that you you just announced and obviously I've just written a book, but sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to learn from reading. Mm -hmm. And I have had so many times where a book has sat on the side of my bed for no jokes a year. And I'm like, I'm going to read it. And you just fucking don't. Like who, honestly, my eyes are so tired by the end. I just can't. Podcasts are just genius because... You can listen to them anywhere. They make going for runs fun. They make going for walks fun. Cooking, they make a car quick. drive fun. And I think I learned the most about self-development through podcasts, maybe equal with reading. Because I think a, a good book is so significant, but you can get so many different nuggets of advice from podcasts. And I just absolutely love them. I love them too, Roxy. What are your favorites from a self-development point of view? Yeah. So I think I started listening to Goop um, years ago and she just had the best guests on. I remember listening to like Peter Cronin, Gabriel Maté, who I'm obsessed with. Oh my God, his voice. Actually listening to Gwyneth on Jay Shetty's podcast, I remember loving. When I was like really at rock bottom, the first podcast I ever listened to was one called The Moth. Okay. And it was this US podcast. Do you, do you, no. did you ever listen to it? No, no. I've literally just written it down. They were recorded live. It sounds like they were. And basically like random people would just go on stage and tell their life story. Okay. And they were always really, really fascinating. And there was always this person that had gone through some great struggle or this like unbelievable challenge in their life and then you just hear this kind of miracle moment of change and hope and I think that that inspired me so much and I used to fall asleep to them all the time when I was really at my kind of darkest days um and they really just gave me such comfort I don't know it was just such a warm feeling of like everything is going to be okay Oh, God. And that's that kind of hope when you're not in the greatest of place. What about Super Soul Sunday? <gasps> oh, my God. Yes. And do you know Game there were some great ones? Panache Desai, who's amazing. Ooh. He actually, yeah. I then managed to get him on mine after listening to that. And it was so special. He's really good. I also loved uh, Mo Gaudat did an episode with Eliza Day, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good ones. I know. Endless, endless, endless. So, the thank you next. This is really easy. This is basically my 20s. Um, okay. I first went to an a- NA meeting, Narcotics Anonymous, when I was 21. And I didn't properly give up drugs until I fell pregnant um, when I was 28. Okay. So, it was a long 
extent. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you were at a meeting at 21, presumably there was an issue before that age. There was, yeah. I think it, well, it actually was so rapid, the, okay. the kind of spiral down. I think I had started taking Coke when I was like 18 and kind of didn't really think much of it. You know, just go out. It was so normal. I mean, I think there's such stigma around talking about this. But the truth is you'd go out and everybody was doing it. And so it really mm. didn't feel like a big deal. And for a lot of people, you know, they were doing it. And they, for them, it was a casual thing, whatever, you know. But I think very quickly I realized that it was not casual and it was, I was starting to do it on my own. I was always the last person. I never wanted to leave the party. I was, couldn't, okay. being out without it was like hell. Um, and I spiraled really, really quickly and was so ashamed of myself. And it was kind of simultaneously, I had left my job and wasn't working so had all this time and I just filled it with partying and then mm. went through a really horrific breakup which made it a hundred times worse and then I met someone who was also loved drugs as much as I did and we were together for a long time I couldn't even tell you what I did with my life for about four years other than go to parties and it was just always the same cycle it was just huge benders and then a savage come down and then you'd recover for a day or two and you'd feel better and then you'd do it all over again and I think it's something that I probably still haven't even completely processed I actually feel quite emotional mm -hmm. um it was a really oh my god sorry I've never actually it's really okay. spoken about this it was just a really bad time and I felt so ashamed at the time it's okay it's okay um it's taken me a long time i think to accept that um i don't know i think i just i hid it away under a carpet for a long mm -hmm. time um yeah. look i'm still on my journey <laughs> um and i saw the sunrise far too many times and you know it took a long time well, i remember i would always i've moved near the river i, I would always go out in the morning and so often I would just think, oh my God, thank God. I'm seeing the sunrise at the, on the right side of it. Like it's still, like yeah, I'm still so grateful that I get to wake up and like be me and not in a cloud of um, mess. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I'm getting so don't emotional. Don't worry, lovely. It's painful but, um, to talk about. And I do think it doesn't, you know, you move away, but it still feels pretty... Raw. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really fucking thrilled <laughs> that um, that chapter is closed in my life. And yeah. I'm really proud of myself as well that I was able to move past it. Yeah. Life is infinitely better. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, was there one moment, you know, obviously it was it was a period and a very painful period. Um, was there a moment that you found yourself in that you thought this has got to change I have got to do something differently you know honestly there were so many <clears throat> and so I was kind of just so exhausted of hitting rock bottom there were so many times mm. I had said like never again I'm done I'm just want to get my life together but 
in the end, it was, you know, once I had discovered manifesting and I had started that journey and then, of course, Wolf was born, I actually found something that was greater, like something more important, and I finally had a purpose. And I really believe it wasn't it wasn't even becoming a mother because I and I know because I know lots of parents who still party and it wasn't yeah. that that stopped me. It was that I had something to live for, which was a purpose. Mm. And I, I and not only that I wanted to be the best mom I could be, but that I wanted to build make my life the best it could be. I was like I I really throughout that pregnancy, which was also a, not a great time, but that pregnancy, it, I, we strangely was worse than all the years of drugs. It was so so dark. But through that was when I went. I am never gonna come back here. I am gonna make my life the best it can be, and I am gonna make myself so proud, and I am gonna thrive. And I just kept that vision so strong. I was only going one way. And so there was no time for hangovers. I love that. Were you depressed when you were pregnant? Oh, beyond. Yeah. If okay. you think I said, I, I, I fell pregnant really suddenly with someone that I had just met who knew nobody yeah. in England. I just moved apartments to an apartment I was not very happy in. I had no job, no money. Wade had no money. It was like... I had no crutches to escape mm-hmm. with the drugs and the, I was still smoking a pack a day when I was when I found out I was pregnant. So okay. I suddenly had nothing and so I really quickly started comfort eating. I gained 6 stone. I didn't leave the house. Every day was a real struggle. But mm-hmm. um I'd started something called Agni Aunt Sundays on Instagram. So every week I would help people and it was the only time I felt like I was worth something like okay well at least if I can help people then there's a reason for me being here and that is where my career began yeah it's it's amazing in a relatively short space of time Mm. and so now you know for anyone who is Obviously, for you, it was drugs. For people, it will be booze or food or whatever addiction or crutch is is the thing that you rely on. What are the things that you do now, the rituals or the disciplines that are in place that kind of keep you yeah, I th- sane? I think, actually, I'm really glad you used the word discipline because I think if you have an an addiction and by the way it's it's much greater than than this but if let's say you have a tendency to make really bad choices again and again or let's say it's something like you just you really want to just stop binging on the weekends or whatever or you want to go for a drink and you just don't want to go out all night whatever but it's not let's say at the point where I was where it's a real addiction in which case obviously you know I would advise to get professional help but bad life habits bad life habits I think really the key is preparing yourself to feel uncomfortable so in the beginning whenever you whenever you experience something different that feels uncomfortable your subconscious finds comfort in anything that's familiar um, to you and it doesn't care if it's a good or bad thing familiarity is safety to your subconscious and that is comfortable so if your tendency is always to every Saturday night binge, whether it's on food or drinks or whatever it is, 
And that's your tendency. That is your subconscious is just ready for that. It's prepared, it's ready. So the minute you try not to, you will feel uncomfortable. And what people often do is when they feel uncomfortable, they just give in immediately because they think, oh, it's too hard. But Mm -hmm. with the right preparation of going, these two hours are going to feel hard and challenging. But once those two hours are are over, the pride I'm going to feel on the other side is so incredible. That's what takes you through. You have to prepare your mind for that mentally. And I did that many times. I still do when I need to, is I go, do you know what? This is going to be uncomfortable, but I can envisage, I visualize how proud I'm going to feel on the other side. And that takes you through. And I just think it's such a good technique for anyone to use. It's so true though, isn't it? That kind of sense of, um, you know, certainty, even if it's miserable, Mm. is better than uncertainty for the vast majority Mm. of us. Because that kind of place of not knowing means we feel out of control or we're scared or we, yeah, we just have nothing to hang on to. We don't know where we're going. We're kind of flailing around. But actually, like you say, if you can prepare yourself and go, you're going to feel like this. Hang in there. Yeah. It'll be fine. 100%. It's uh, change is is just a necessary part of life. And I, you know, Mm. I try to, I say that, um, you know, that discomfort is like growing pains. Yeah. It's such a nice way to see it. It actually is because you accept growing pains. Yeah. You don't try and dig into what was wrong. What did you do? Did you pull it at the gym? Did you fall over? Yeah. Did you do this, that or the other? You're like, oh, they're just growing pains. They're a pain in the arse, yeah. but they'll be gone soon. Yeah. They're part of the gig. Exactly. Um, okay, great. So lean, heavily lean into discomfort. Yeah. It's a big part of manifesting All of as that. well. Yeah, everything's a part yeah. of manifesting. <laughs> Everything. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's not easy. And when you're talking you know, through those kind of deeply personal and dark moments, it's hard not to, um, yeah, not to be moved. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. For sharing that. space for me. Okay, is there a thanks that got away? Yes, so I don't know why I've decided that this is the podcast where I'm going to share everything I've never spoken about before. Go, I'm into it. <laughs> but um, I talk in the book about um, a relationship I had with someone that was 25 years older than me. Again, I've never really spoken about the relationship, but I think definitely he's someone that, it was, it was one of those breakups, you know, when you break up with someone and then you just really don't speak after. It was like that. Whereas, you know, some mm-hmm. ex, all my other exes, I'm, re- I'm actually quite good friends with now. Like, we have really good relationships. But this relationship, we just happened to not speak afterwards. And I think that, actually, he was such a significant person in my life. And he taught me so much. I really think he was one of my defining moments. And actually, when I... Um, did my podcast episode and to my friend Josh Smith interviewed me he was on there and I don't know I think there's something obviously there's such stigma around dating someone much older than you and even now looking back I look at my younger self and I'm like that's madness but truly at the time though it was not something I noticed at all I was just Mm -hmm. so madly in love and I think that I'm so glad that I experienced it because uh, the kind of wisdom and the 
teachings that he gave me have absolutely stayed with me for life from you know understanding the importance of generosity and kindness and I don't know he just taught me a lot about a lot and it was mm-hmm. really has so shaped who I am and I think I never probably well because we haven't spoken I've never had the chance to say how thankful I am but yeah I'm so thankful to him for being him he's such an amazing person and I took so much value from everything that I got to learn from him every day. And did you know it at the time or are you only able to appreciate that in hindsight? Was the was the breakup mutual? Oh no, I was heartbroken. Oh my oh, God, no. I was heartbroken and shocked. And it took me probably two years to... Okay. to get over it but I think it's one of it's one of those ones those heartbreaks where you'll never experience that kind of heartbreak again because you're like if I got through that one I'm good <laughs> yeah bulletproof <laughs> yeah okay so you you knew you knew at the time and those things generosity kindness were they things that you felt up until that point hadn't been kind of modeled that 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 felt quite a new thing well no my to be fair my mom is like in insanely insanely generous um like she is such a generous person in her nature but Mm. I wasn't super close to my dad growing up you know I hadn't really experienced someone just completely adoring me and loving me and like never so it was really I was quite an ice queen until I met him like very cold very closed off and it was really that relationship that broke me down into you know, it it, t- it took down the guards, I think. Softened you. Softened me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing that you were able to accept that. Because again, back to that kind of worthiness or deservingness. A lot of people, Oh no, you I, know, I was terrible. No, 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 no. really? I was awful. I would do, you know, when you're young, and I don't know if everyone does this, but you know when you're young and you kind of test people's love? Where you're kind of like, nothing, honestly, nothing he said would have been enough. I was always Mm. like, yeah, but do you love me? But do you miss me? I was so annoying. I look back at myself now, I'm like, oh my God, cringe. (laughs) But that's quite sweet. And it does feel kind of of the age. But I have, you know, similar experience where this kind of like, overflowing you know quite unconditional adoration feel felt to me I I couldn't accept that it felt suspicious or (laughs) needy or a bit suffocating I was like Jesus back off a bit but it's interesting I think you then you know maybe have different experiences and you realize that actually that kind of love is um you know doesn't doesn't come by all the time Yeah. You know, it's quite pure. It is. Oh, love. We so love could love. you could you call him up? No, no. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Very okay, much. definitive no. <laughs> Thanks, but like I'm just gonna throw it out there. Somehow it'll touch you. Um okay. <laughs> the big thank you. Okay, so this is gonna sound um really cliche and annoying, but Big thanks is to my online community because, you know, in doing what I do, I think it's often I get lots of messages of gratitude from people saying, thank you so much. You've really helped me. But the truth is 
They have absolutely helped me just as much, if not more. And I think that it started and it's evolved to the way that having that community, and it really is like an exceptional community. Like it's not a normal Instagram following. Following, like They are yeah. amazing. They have all made friends with each other. They've done meetups. I've met up with them. Like it's Lovely. unreal. And I think it started because when I was first really understanding what I was going through and depression and addiction and all of that, it was only possible and I was only able to really be able to deal with it because they held space for me when I shared. And I really believe that sharing something, letting it out is such an integral part of healing because it changes its vibration. It's like, otherwise everything just sticks within us somewhere in our bodies, whether it's our muscles or, you know, in our energy or whatever, but it's, it's stored within us. And when we share it and when we voice it or we write it down, we let go, we let go of it and we change the power it has over it. And Mm -hmm. for me, Instagram has definitely been a place where I've been able to share and people have held that space for me. My community have held that space. And what's really incredible is then they allowed me into their space and they allowed me to hold space for them. And then they've watched my journey. And, you know, and I do mean this as humbly as possible. But what's happened in the last two and a half years is has been so fast and so rapid and so mm-hmm. incredible. And they really have been there like every step of the way. And it does make it more fun. Like it does yeah. because they'll message me and be like, oh my God, like we're so happy for you. And like, honestly, like I feel like I've got like a million more friends because of this community. And I do d- dedicate a lot of time to my messages. Um, and I always get people being like, you can't spend that much time on your DMs. Like it's gonna have to stop. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, it's so great. Like I, ha- I want to, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it might be cliche, but I really, for me, it is the big thanks because also mm-hmm. these things like celebratory moments wouldn't happen if it wasn't for them telling their friends or sharing or reading the book or getting the journal, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is because of them. So that is absolutely my big, big thanks. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I do think there's such power. And again, it does feel like a little cliche to say that the kind of once you voice it, it, you know, problem shared is a problem halved. But actually, like it gives permission, I think, for other people to go, oh, me too, me too. And to share and to feel less alone and less weird and less everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I think that uh, that sense of feeling isolated in an experience mm. can be, um, yeah, just kind of keeps you stuck, really. It does. Oh, it's also, I think, really hard trying to pretend. I don't know. I find it really hard to pretend anything. I'm just, you know, yeah. like posting pictures of being really happy. If I'm not, I just find really difficult and disingenuous mm-hmm. and um was that something that you did before and then made a conscious decision to go, I'm going to show everything now? Yeah, well, yeah, I'd already started sharing the downs yeah, quite early okay. on, probably when I was about 26. So I don't know what possessed me. I was I had, I was writing a bit for Marie Claire. I was obviously just like, please let me write for you. I'll write for you for mm-hmm. free. And so they let me do a couple of articles. And in one of them, 
I remember just feeling, because I was doing, going to lots of parties and I'd take photos and I was like, oh, I'm sick of like pretending that I'm happy. I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to say that what's going on. Um, yeah. And I wrote this like open letter, I guess, on Marie Claire about, you know, realizing that I was suffering from depression and at the time it was just before people were talking about mental health so I was like everyone's gonna think I'm a loser like no one's I'm never gonna be invited to anything again you know all the really unimportant things um yes but from there I started sharing and so I think it was just always in me to share yeah and so yeah there wasn't like a conscious I feel like this career growth and the community growth has definitely been very organic just mm. they've just seen things getting better I also am really open about ex- expressing my joy and gratitude yeah. as well because I think it's really important to show both a- and because yeah. I feel like they've seen the dark side they're not going to be like oh you know they're like they are happy for me so it's nice <laughs> yeah well, and also it's that contrast, isn't it? And I think if you are in a dark place and you can relate to somebody who has also been in that place, mm. you know, same, same, but different. And then to see you experiencing joy, I think it's really important for people to appreciate and and know and trust that they can feel that, that they can get to that. Yeah. Definitely. You know, because it feels like a bloody leap when you're at rock bottom to believe that you'll be living your best life. Yeah, 100%. And I truly believe that, you know, everybody has this like limitless potential within them and life can change in any moment. And mm-hmm. you can absolutely go from zero to 100 in a very short space of time. You just make the decision, first and foremost, that that is what you want. Okay, what's the present that you are most grateful for? Um, okay, so I really, I don't really receive gifts. I'm not... Um, what? I just don't... I'm, I'm just not bothered about presents. I don't... So I don't what? Get... If it's your birthday, you say, don't worry, a hug is fine. Yeah, literally. So okay. I like, I think for my birthday this year, this sounds so, I'm not even going to say it. Um, Do say it, say it. Was it a wooden, was it something crafted from a... No, no, no. I basically, I don't let anyone, my family and stuff buy me presents. I'd rather they bought okay. themselves something because, you know, yeah. I, I really don't need anything. But Wade always tries to do something sentimental. So this Christmas... So when we first met, obviously in like the romantic stages, there was a poet on Instagram he really loved, that I we really loved. And he wrote to this guy and told him our story. And then the guy wrote a poem based on our story. And it was so fucking cute. Anyway, that, that was kind of how it started. Then it evolved to like Mother's Day. And this last Mother's Day, he had decided to film Wolfie being like, what do you want to get mummy for Mother's Day? And he said, yogurt and a pencil. So I got yogurt and a pencil. But I also got the video with it, which was fab. That's really sweet. And then for Christmas, I said, we'll just do one like small sentimental. So I got him an Alan Watts book. And he nice. said, I've got you a picture. And I was like, oh my God, this is stunning. And he got me this beautiful picture from us at the, uh, my friend's wedding. And I was like, oh my God, this frame, it's gorgeous. Like, it's absolutely perfect for my interior. He's like, 
it's yours. Um, I found it in your cupboard. I just thought I'd upcycle it. <laughs> and I was like, of course you fucking did. I was like, so what you did was actually just print me a photo from Snapfish. And that was your Christmas present. And then you put it in something of mine. And he was like, correct. But you said you didn't like presents, It was Roxy. ideal. You said you'd rather me buy something ideal. for myself. It was <laughs> And it's oh, and that's so weird. really sweet. Do you still have the yogurt? No. I <laughs> am so bad. I am not sentimental. It's so bad. Way did the sentimental one. When Wolf comes home with art pictures, I'm oh, thinking, like, please, just put them in the bin. I don't need pieces of foam, like, green on a red card also you're i feel like a hardcore minimalist hardcore minimalist i'm like throw it chuck it wade's yeah. got everything wade so do i buys them to australia i'm like oh my oh, god that's so cute. i can't get rid of them it's a it's a problem oh my god stop it's a really? problem now like a page with a a stick on it and some christmas sellotape <laughs> And some glitter and an eyeball that she found somewhere, like a sticky eyeball. I'm like, oh, babe, that's absolutely beautiful. I'm like, oh, God, I can't. If she finds it in the bin, she's going to think her art is not wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm literally drowning under a sea of fucking A4 pages (laughs) and glitter. I need to be a bit more Marie Kondo about the whole thing. Okay, Finally, your hashtag blessed moment. The hashtag blessed moment. I think I actually was going to say, because I mentioned it already in the start, was probably just being the Sunday Times bestseller. It was a dream come true. I put it on Mm. my 2022 vision board. And yeah, it was so, so, so amazing. Complete pinch me moment and... Yeah, I am just still on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that 2022 list, you're banging through that at a race. Smashing through Was it. Harper's Bazaar on I there? I put Harper's Bazaar on yeah. there. And I've never written or spoken to Harper's. And literally, I think it was like five days after I put it down, um, they contacted me and they said they want, they want to interview you. And I put Jay Shetty's name on there. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm just going to put his name. And then last week he started following me on Instagram. And I was like, Ugh. stop it. I know. That's big. The blue eyed like, boy. Please, can I be on your podcast? <laughs> I mean, that would be a game changer, wouldn't it? Are you taking the book to America? It will happen, correct, because America is on my vision board. America is on the I am like the board. best example of my own book. The seven steps work, so it will be in America soon. Okay, <laughs> watch this space. Listen, continued, continued success. It is so lovely oh, to see you, you. Um, flourish. That's my word of 2022, flourish. Oh. Oh, um, thank you so much. Thank you, it was so lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much to the lovely Roxy. You can find recipes, workshops, articles, city guides, the whole shebang on roxynafusi.com. And you can buy her book, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. Now, we'll pop a little link in the show notes below. And if you've been affected by anything that we've discussed in today's podcast, you can call the Samaritans on 116123 in the UK and Ireland and other hotlines in other countries are listed in the show notes below as well. 
Just a quick note, I have written a book, my first book. It is called Joyrider and it's about gratitude. So I figure if you're here, it's right up your street. I have poured my little guts into it. I swear to God, you're going to be shocked. (laughs) Devastated in places. You might wee yourself in other places. I hope you do. It's been a ride, hence the name, Joyrider. Anyway, I would absolutely love, love, love... You know, if you're into it, that you would pre-order it. It comes out in May and there's a link in the show notes below. I love you forever and you'll be my favourite, I promise. If you get a signed copy, I've licked it. Thanks a Million is produced by Louise Mason at Rethink Audio. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.